This is Darren Kuhn with the Masculine Journey podcast, where we search the ancient paths to find ways that God brings light into a dark world and helps set men free from the struggles that we all face on a day-to-day basis. Your Chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Kingdom Pursuits, where you hear from ordinary people instilled with an extraordinary passion. Together we explore the stories of men and women who take what they love and let God turn their passion into Kingdom Pursuits. Now, live from the Truth Booth, your host, Robbie Dillmore. It is so great to be back. It is absolutely wonderful to be back after being gone from the the snow a couple weeks ago and then my little bout with COVID there, which fortunately the Lord healed me. And so it's just, it's great to be back and get a chance to see how God uses all these wonderful people to build his kingdom and and we get to get in on the fun. And and so we have quite a lineup for you today. First up, we have Herbie Newell. And Herbie is with Lifeline Children's Services. Um, their mission is to equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to vulnerable children. And recently, Herbie, you guys had a, a big, actually when we were going to do it for the snow, it was the week that you were going to be at the March for Life. But as, as it turned out, how did that go? You know, even with all of the different things that are going on in our nation and all of the hiccups, and the weather around the country and just different mandates and everything. The march was great, and it was awesome to see such a, a wide variety of people from different backgrounds and, you know, different demographics that showed up uh, in support of life. And, you know, hopefully and prayerfully, this will be the last March for Life uh, that we have where Roe v. Wade is still the, the precedent in the land. Isn't that awesome? That's just absolutely spectacular. And I noticed that, that you went to Samford University. I did, yeah. I graduated from Samford uh, with an undergrad and then uh, stayed and, and got a master's. Because my daughter's there right now, as a matter of fact. I was there last weekend. <laughs> so that's really cool. Um, so next up, we have Bill Montier. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I'm saying your name right, Bill. So Bill is the author of Let's Do It, a devotional on steroids. Welcome, Bill. Thank you for having me. Yes, Bill Mountseer, and uh, I'm glad to be here with you. It's just like it's spelled. Is it, so yeah. it's like a mountain on steroids. That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> there's, there's actually a Mountseer in the Bible. Oh, really? Uh, but God, yeah, but God spelled it wrong. You can look it up in your <laughs> yeah, concordance. <God>. <laughs> Well, it's just, you know, how they did it in Hebrew is different. You know, it would have been that's all right, right there. He right. got it right there. So <laughs> next up, uh, again, uh, sort of like an old friend, because I've when I first got in radio, actually, I was connected with his family. But we have Sheila Munger, and she is the director of Princess Cut 3, which is a movie that's coming out on February 14th. But they got all sorts of events, Princess Cut red carpet premiere that's going on at the Grand Theater here in Winston-Salem on, on February 15th. Welcome, Sheila. Thank you, Robbie. It's a delight to be here. I appreciate the honor. 
And so did you, when you were growing up, did you think, man, someday I want to be a movie director? <laughs> oh, no. I was surrendered to the mission field at five, and I was pursuing Romania. And really? The Lord completely shut those doors. I wasn't going to get married. I wasn't going to have kids. And I had to reconsider that because the Lord had other ideas. So, Wow. So you might guess that, you know, I've jumped on the word steroids. So speaking of steroids, we got a new producer in today. So he's, he's got my music going. I'm very excited now. Nice. So, all right. Speaking of steroids, you don't know this, Christopher, but um, Christian, is that my struggle with steroid addiction has really only made me stronger. <laughs> Have you thought about that one? I don't know. All right. Yeah. Here you go. Here's a little question for you. What do you call a flower on steroids? Hello, oh, Robbie. What do you call a flower on steroids? You, Sunflower? You got, I you got any ideas, <laughs> Sheila? Bill? Or Herbie? No idea. Uh, you can jump in. It's, it's a power plant. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Nice. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> and I figured this one out. <clears throat> this is really cool. Did you know that asteroids are really just meteors on steroids? There you go. Asteroid. There you go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and so actually, I do have a Bible riddle today, as always, uh, that you can call in and win. And all you have to do, and by the way, we have a really cool prize, which we're going to tell you in a minute, but here's the riddle. Which strongman in the Bible, who, by the way, is not on steroids, which strongman in the Bible, not on steroids, was the back the best excuse me the best actor in the bible which strongman not on steroids in the bible was the best actor in the bible and why was it he was <laughs> 866-348-7884-866-34-TRUTH and if you can guess that christian tell them what they'll win some tickets to princess the right we have tickets to the grand's red carpet Right? Premiere. That's Princess Cut 1 and 2, and it's coming out February 15th. Oh, they're going to do 1, 2, and 3? Just 1 and 2. Oh, just 2 and 3. She's helping me out. Okay, you're going you're gonna to get tickets, two tickets to the Princess Cut 2 and 3 at the Grand Theater February 15th. How fun is that? 866-348-7884. So, getting back to Herbie. So, Herbie, how did I'm, in, I'm very interested in Lifeline itself. Can you kind of describe for our listeners what that is? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Lifeline was, as a ministry, founded really around the sanctity of human life and founded in 1981 as a response to the growing uh, abortion movement in the U.S. and young women who really felt as if abortion was their only alternative to a crisis, unplanned, unexpected pregnancy. And so Lifeline... We, we really wanted to first and foremost show these young women that there were other options. There were life options for them. But not only did we want to point them physically to life, but we wanted to point them spiritually uh, to the only life that could truly transform them and change them. And so uh, as a discipleship ministry, we then and still now walk along young ladies uh, and young adults who are experiencing these unexpected crisis pregnancies. Uh, point them to the love of Christ, but also provide mentorship and, and love. And then for those women who do choose adoption, we uh, we recruit Christian families 
that are missional Christian families to come alongside and to adopt these children, but also to, to be committed to love on these birth mothers, to pray for these birth mothers uh, that, uh, that gave birth to their children. Since that time, over the last 40 years, the ministry has definitely grown and flourished, and we now have a pretty extensive international ministry as well, where we're working in 25 different countries, equipping believers around the world to care for orphan and vulnerable children, uh, providing international adoption services as well, uh, have strong counseling and education, because ultimately we want to help kids uh, reach their full potential, but also to come to know the gospel of Christ Jesus. And then, you know, definitely more recently, we've really, over the last 10 years, have gotten into space of family uh, reunification. And so in the United States, we have so many kids that are ending up in U.S. foster care. And a lot of times their birth parents uh, are seen as criminals and just kind of run through the system. But there are a lot of these families that if, if they had a chance and if, if the church could wrap around these families, they actually could get their kids back out of foster care. And so uh, we have a program called Families Count that's been going for the last decade, and we've seen thousands now of kids reunified with their parents. And even more excitingly than that, most of these families are now joining local churches where they're finding accountability and support, and they're thriving as a family. So that's a lot, but but that's, that's what life now is. That gives you a good idea. And wow, it's so cool to me that, you you know, God provides all these different folks. And Sheila, you know, you went from you were going to be a missionary and, right. and then Christian films. And I know the plot line of The Princess Cut. Can you kind of share it a little bit? Because it's along these lines, right? It is. So it's providential we meet Herbie because our our film has been looking for an organization. Human Life Coalition is one of those. But our story revolves around Tessa. And she is that girl who didn't have that. Right. It really is. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it's, 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 it's a fit. And yes. wow, I, you know, because I saw Princess Cut 1, I'll be honest, I hadn't seen 2 or 3. When you so. bear the burden of your own ineptitude. Right. You make choices, <laughs> yeah. and there are consequences, and it is her decision to maintain that life. And oh, she so does. we got so much so it's, more. Yeah, it's coming all back. Her in three. But we need your call because you know what's strong man in the Bible 866 34 Truth. We got two. two, two. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Welcome back to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build the kingdom. And today we have with us Herbie Newell with Lifeline Children's Services, and Bill Monsoor, who's the author of Let's Do It, Devotional on Steroids, and Sheila Munger with the Princess Cut movie series, which is one, two, and three, which, again, the storyline there is this unwed mother, right? And, and right. Princess Cut one is, you know, she's going to have the abortion. And, but- right, and two, she's presented with the dilemma, deal with it. And she's like, you know, I don't have a choice this I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to just get rid of it, basically. She chooses that. And she chooses to have the child. Mm-hmm. So now we get to Princess Cut 3. She's right. a single mom. She's struggling. She's make, trying to make ends meet. She does that dead-end job. She can't do the job she needs to do. And you always wonder, why does the Lord have you in these frustrating places where you, you can do it yourself, but you realize God has you right there because you need him to show you what to do and how to do it and to, in a way that will honor him. And so she's on that path she wants to do it right she wants and she hears grace in her head you know that constant um encouragement 
you know, scripturally. And she says, you know, I hear it in my head. It's not a creepy way, but, you know, she knows and she's pulled back to what is right. And that's what Mike re represents to her. It's that, that new kind of ministry to your heart after you've failed. And you, you fail miserably when you're at that point. That's right. how cool. You can see both Princess Cut 2 and Princess yes. Cut 3. Yes. If you if you come to the grand, but actually on the fourteenth you're gonna have just three, yes, uh, just three, which that, I've got a link up there at Kingdom Pursuits for people that are interested, because how cool, I mean, yes. how awesome. But you know, obviously, as people grow closer to God, it, it helps them through these decisions, whether they're yes. in the middle of of a life crisis like that. So the let's do it, you know, I'm thinking. I, in fact, I even heard her say, do it a second ago, Bill. So it's right along the same lines, right? Yes. Uh, it's putting action to your faith. And that's what um, both Herbie and Sheila have done, it sounds like. Um, we all have this faith within us, not all of us, but Christians do. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the struggle is actually putting actions to our faith many times. People do, do church, and they're nice people, but um, being on the offenses and finding ways that we can um, do those random acts of kindness and devotion so that uh, our lives are really full um, in a devotional sense, not just reading Bible and uh, having those quiet times, but actually putting action into our faith. Yeah, that's the delighting in the Lord and committing your way to him. That's what two is based on, that whole premise. It is. Yeah. And and let's do it. I'm I, You delighted. And, and so I'm very curious. Like, I know God took you on a journey as you wrote this devotional, and I know he took uh, Sheila on a journey as she directed the movie. He's got these adventures for us. But as he did that with you, Bill, what excite! like, I, he gave you something like, oh, my goodness, I can hardly wait to share this in this book. What's that? Yeah, really, uh, near the end of my uh, church ministry, I pastored a church for 20 years, um, and about three years ago, we did a 30-day challenge, and each night I would send out an activity that people needed to do, either devotional activity or some kind of action, take flowers to someone or write a letter or something like that. And at the end of the 30 days, uh, people just were so excited. We got together and told stories about all the actions we did, and I couldn't keep them quiet. They just kept talking and talking and talking. They loved it. And one of the best things I think I've ever come up with in ministry or God came up with in me. And, uh, and I thought, you know, I need to put this into some kind of book. And then I thought, you know, people need devotionals and, um, I put them together. So actions with the devotionals and, uh, that's how I got to the book. And there's a few other things in it that are different than most devotionals. And that's why it's called a devotional on steroids. It's really more than a devotional. Yeah, it sounds like it. And, so along those lines, Herbie, I'm curious, how did God get a hold of you? I mean, you go to Sanford University, you get your graduate degree. How do you end up in that field? Yeah, well, that's totally a, a God thing for sure. You know, one of the things, I guess, very much like Sheila, when I was younger, I really thought this, uh, and I knew that the Lord was calling me to work with young people. And, you know, at the time, I, I deciphered that as, working as a student pastor, a youth pastor with church, with, with kids within the local church. And, and I did do that uh, shortly after college and worked with junior high and, and high school students. Uh, but when my wife, Ashley, and I got married, she had a, just a burning passion for pro-life ministry. And 
you know, she was one of those people who went to college and knew exactly what she wanted to do. And she wanted to be the the director of a crisis pregnancy center. And that's wow. what she ended up doing right out of college. And as I watched her passion grow, uh, my degree was actually uh, in accounting. And so I was a CPA, financial planner for businesses throughout the Southeast and really enjoyed my job just from a, a day in and day out. But obviously it was devoid of, of any eternal purpose. And, you know, really, as Ashley, my wife, would come home each night and would share the stories of the women that had come through her clinic, uh, it, it really even brought conflict of belief for us because these were women who really had nowhere to go, nowhere to turn, no support. And yet, you know, here they were and they had this pregnancy and they didn't know what to do. And it just, it really caused us to do what the believer only can do, which is wrestle in prayer with the Lord on behalf of these women and on behalf of life and these kids and their wounds. And it just developed a family passion in us to really stand in the gap for the vulnerable. And as, as this passion grew, we started to see illuminated in God's word just over and over the passion, the calling, uh, all the way from the children of Israel until James of, hey, church, pure undefiled religion is to care for the orphan and the widow, the vulnerable, the stranger, and the alien. And in so doing, in caring, we don't just care for a justice, but we care so that ultimately we can show the gospel. And that passion just really welled up. And so uh, about 18 and a half years ago, the Lord opened up the position at Lifeline for me, and we just, uh, through several different just confirmations, knew that that's where the Lord was calling our family is to, for me to leave the, the private professional business world and get into full-time ministry uh, through Lifeline. Yeah, you don't you don't find many CPAs. <laughs> I mean, it's just not the personality type that you normally find <laughs> in your line of work. So it's really, you know, like God really. That's really really cool. But I can still tell your attention to detail in your in your speech. In other words, CPAs have a very methodical way about doing things. And and as as you describe things, it's interesting, you know, how God gifted you. And for such a time as this, and he gifted you, Sheila, right? And and, and what did you realize that you had in the way of being able to direct that, that, that woke you to like, oh, man, look what God gave me? Oh, I direct every day, but they're not all on the same page. A film crew <laughs> is. Um, you know, you, the Lord does put that in your path. I share that sentiment that he had for the, the, the loss, for the, for the young children and the mothers. And, and you have nine children. I do. So I've got a lot of skills that don't go on resumes, but um, that that burden for, to see young people loved, that's why I was going to the, the mission field and work with those orphanages. And along that way, as an educator, I was I have a degree in education. And, you know, I, I did event planning and weddings and art, and I loved, I used to teach art. So coming into film, being hijacked into it, I should say, just supporting my husband. And you, just, you just do whatever the Lord has in front of you to do. And the, Yeah, her husband, Paul, by the way, is a producer yes, yes, of, of all the Princess Cut movies, and it's quite a gifted. But what a, what a neat way to um, be able to create, right? right? When you have something on your heart like this and you can put it in a, in a visual way for people to say, hey, you know, that maybe that's something I could apply to my heart. I love hearing people come back and, Say you know I was struggling with that, and that's 
something I was able to consider differently. And so by the same way, Bill, you know, he, God gave you a way to take your creativity and devotional. And, and, and I love that story about these people. They were all lighting up, right? And, and yeah. you saw the yeah. light realizing there was something here to capitalize on. That's right. And I've, I've always had a, a passion for stories. And, and that's what I loved hearing was the stories of uh, the people doing their actions uh, through each week. And, and in fact, that's what you're doing. You're hearing our stories. You're hearing Herbie's story and Sheila's story and my story. And that's what, that's what people connect to. And so I really thought a devotional more based on stories, uh, about half of the devotionals are based on stories of my life and my family's life that help people think about how their lives fit with Scripture. And that's what we do when we read Scripture. We tell people, you know, how does your life fit into this? What does this mean to you and your life? And how can you apply it to the marriage or your family or whatever? And so, um, so I, I wanted to put stories into it. And then of course the actions I think are just so important in our Christian lives. I, I really feel like, again, when we tell testimonies of our faith, we end up telling things that happened in our lives or how God came through in our lives. So they're all based on those stories again. So, so which, which of those favorite, which of those stories, cause you got me interested now, <laughs> Which story is, is the one that you're it was like, man, I got to have this story in there. Which story is that? Well, I've got several, but the one that everybody is commenting on who's read the book is uh, my daughter when she was about four or five years old. And my kids basically are perfect, but uh, every once in a while they had their moments. And uh, she had finished her dinner and she had not finished everything or taken enough bites of everything. Uh, the, the way we did it, and so she wasn't going to have dessert, and she said that was fine. And so she ran off, and her brother ran off after we were all finished talking, and my wife and I were still standing, sitting there at the dining room table, and, and she came back in, into the kitchen, and she grabbed the refrigerator door. And I said, Katie, um, you know you're not allowed to have anything else. Um, so don't open that door. Oh, I'm going to have to stop you there, which is a perfect way. By There's no, no time to go into Walmart till you find out what happened at the end of the story. Because <laughs> okay. we're going to come back after this with more from Bill and his book, Let's Do It, Devotional on Steroids, Herbie Newell with Lifeline Christian Services, and Sheila Munger with the Princess Cut Trilogy at this point in time. How cool is that? Stay tuned. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Welcome back to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build the kingdom today. We're having so much fun with Herbie Newell with Lifeline Christian Services, Bill Montsour, Montsier, I'll say it right eventually, is the author of Let's Do It, and the devotional on steroids, and Sheila Munger with The Princess Cut, actually one, two, and three, but their premiere of, of um, two and three is going to be at the Grand Theater on February 15th, and they got a special online going on on the 14th. Again, you can get about information about all three of these at... Uh, kingdompursuits.com but i know you're wondering like me like what about this strong man and we got to give away these tickets and so you know before we get to the end <laughs> i'm milking it for all i can here bill <laughs> before we get to the end of bill's story we got joseph 
who's uh, got an answer for us about the strong man in the Bible. So, just Joseph, you're on the, the king of pursuit. The, the only strong man, the only strong man that I can think of is um, Samson. Yeah, but do you know why? Yes, you're absolutely right. You win. You have tickets. You get to go to see these two movies. But do you know why he was an actor? Besides the mm. fact that he obviously, because he brought down the house, man. I mean, you just oh, <laughs> oh, he brought down the house. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> was, oh, yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> you know me, Joseph. I always have to have something in there that tickles me. So. God bless you. you. I appreciate you calling in today. Thanks. I appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. All right. So when we left our hero, Bill, his daughter, if you you missed this, you've missed out on it. All right. His daughter would not eat her all her dinner, so she had to go without her dessert. She's gone away. She's come back. And so can you kind of, can you take us from there, Bill? Yes. So she's uh, grabbed the refrigerator door, and I said, now, Katie, you're not supposed to have anything else to eat. And... She looked at me and looked at the refrigerator door, and I said, Katie, don't open that door. And here's what she does. She looks directly at me, eyes locked with me, and opens the refrigerator door. She's not even looking in the refrigerator. (laughs) And uh, my wife and I had to do everything we could not to laugh. But, you know, that's a funny story, but there's a lesson there. She was absolutely disobedient. I said, how can my child be that way? And I think uh, I would never be that disobedient, but I, just like the Israelites, after all the blessings God's given them, they're disobedient, disobedient, the disciples as well, and and we are the same way. We, mm-hmm. we can be just um, terribly disobedient, and yet God continues to forgive us. I, I still do love my daughter, and... Um, <laughs> And we've probably all the more turned out to be a great child. So, uh, <laughs> so that's the kind of story they just stick in my head and, and all of them make sense. You know, these things, they remind us of different things about God and his love for us. Yeah. And as you were saying, Sheila, right? Broken sisters. Oh yeah. We're prone to linger Lord or prone to prone to leave the God I love. You feel that. And that's yeah. what Tessa does. You know, when you find yourself, we're all at that point, we've followed broken cisterns. We've followed things that don't satisfy. She's done the same she finds there's error on every front she's just totally overwhelmed and she turns to the one who has that answer and he gives us the satisfaction of the honey out of the rock and he satisfies us and that's what she needs is that ministry to her soul when you when you find yourself as the song of solomon the gal there she's like but i'm black and and the the lover says but i'll give you dove's eyes you're fair so we we know that struggle we're like you can't love me I got this and this and this problem and you go on down and and then the Lord does that work and he he does the transformation. He takes all that broken. He's the potter. He he puts all that back together in a remade way. Oh, I have to share that. This is really cool. I heard it in a well actually from a Jewish rabbi and something I was listening to last <laughs> night and it was so beautiful. I I've, I've been thinking about it ever since I heard it. And what he was talking about was how the manna in the desert is is related to to Torah, or what you know, we consider to be the Bible, mm-hmm. obviously, or the, the vision, right? And, and so, what he was talking about was that the manna, and this is a teaching that they have, that God had perfected it to the point that your body ingested it without having to digest it. It just it would just immediately go right in and do all that it was supposed to do, right. and be, because it 
just didn't satiate you. In other words, it didn't make you feel like you, the, the Israelites felt like they were getting a letdown <laughs> because <laughs> they, were, they were eating this stuff. But all that happened was you, you, you got all the benefit of it and it created a hunger for more. And that's the beautiful part of it is that it made you hungrier. Mm-hmm. And, and they said the Bible is you know, the Torah, whatever you want to call it, is like that. The more you eat, it's, yes. it's, 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 it's been refined and perfected. So it's exactly mm-hmm. what your soul needs. So the more that you eat, the hungrier you get. Isn't that cool? That's very cool. I, I just, yep. I, I gotta, I gotta say that, you know, and, and I think, Herbie, all of us, you know, for years and years and years, we've been praying, and, and it seems like we're right on the right on the cusp of this thing. What would you, what would you tell us that are we're hungry for an end of abortion? I mean, we just are. Yeah, for sure. And even before we talk about that, I do want to just add something to your riddle there, Robbie. You did miss one thing. He was a great actor because he brought the house down, but he also, uh, he got there through a blind audition. So just, You now are a five-star guest on a game <laughs> But even taking that analogy of Samson and even thinking about Samson's life, uh, and, and how even that relates to what we're going through right now with, Lord willing, the, the overturn of Roe v. Wade. You know, we can't rely just on judicial systems. We can't just rely on what we hope is a great decision that comes down from nine uh, justices of the Supreme Court. As the church and as believers, we've got to trust in the Lord. Mm-hmm. We've got to be intentional and we've got to go and, and lay our own rights down and care for the single mom and to care for the vulnerable child. Because even if Roe v. Wade is overturned, Lord willing, at the end of June, what it, what it just basically means is that the decision for abortion is going to go back to the state. And we know that there are going to be states like Illinois and California and New York that will instantly have the most gregarious, uh, the most... Uh, just bloody abortion laws, not just in the United States, but in the world. Uh, they will have totalitarian abortion uh, opportunities more than even North Korea and China. And so we, we got to realize that this is not a victory that's going to be won in court. It's not going to be a victory that's won in the legislature. If we're going to truly have a victory for the sanctity of life, it's going to be won in the hearts and the minds of men. And so we can't rely on human strength like Samson did. Right. But we have to trust in the Lord and realize that he is our provision and he is the one that's going to go before us. And ultimately, he's the one that's going to change the hearts and the, the souls of men. Wow. That was just beautifully said, Herbie. And greater is he that is in yeah. us than he that's in the world. Yeah, that's just awesome. Yeah, And and it, and that's so true. But it, it happens, actually. Would you just share Jesus with that child or with that person that just that just met you yeah, right the the, that changes you were talking about a life cycle right right if you cut a life cycle no matter what the creature or the the life it's an ending of that life and so whether you think it's your body or its body that's beside the point you're ending a life cycle right. and that's against and so as we share devotionals like you've got there bill and and we bring the light um, that that you're talking about with let's do it because that's where the rubber meets the road, right? When when our faith is actually put into action. So only got a few more seconds left uh, in this segment, Bill. I'll let you take us out because you close us so well. 
Yeah, well, I would even say, as um, Herbie was saying, we can, you know, hope that the laws are going to be changed, but that means more of us are going to have to put our faith into action by adopting children and taking care of them, taking care of the mothers, all those things, all the ministries that, that need volunteer help as well as um, family help. So um, it's so important to just keep finding ways to put our faith into action and not just uh, come up with platitudes and laws that we want changed, but things that we can actually do to further the kingdom of God. That's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. We got one more segment coming up. So again, you can find out Bill's book and all about Lifeline as well as the movie Princess Cuts All at kingdompursuits.com. You can find out all about them. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Welcome back to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build the kingdom. We've had so much fun. We really have today with Herbie and Bill and Sheila, and their ministries are all there at kingdompursuits.com, the Lifeline Children's Services, and um, the Let's Do It devotional and Princess Cut movie now trilogy, soon-to-be series. (laughs) Sheila's very encouraging. I can hear that. But (laughs) as as I heard the end of... um, what you're talking about and and tessa being the character that's that got pregnant obviously then decided to have the baby now she's a single mom and princess got three you said something that really resonates with me because i remember when i went to the she said she felt like she didn't deserve all that god has given her like and yeah aren't we all that way oh totally we don't deserve any of it you know one of the first remotes i ever did actually it was snowing and i was at the winston-salem rescue mission I was like a seven or eight hour remote. I'm in freezing to death. But anyway, um, and these guys all had, and I was interviewing all these guys that were at the rescue mission and they all had almost exactly like, why are you talking to us? We don't deserve, we don't deserve, we don't deserve. And, And I thought, you know, that's such a precious, such a precious understanding that I need to have. If we think we're deserving, we don't need God's love. We don't need his salvation. We don't need any of that. But when we see that we are in need and we turn from our ways and we turn to him, then you really find true satisfaction. You know, these women who've come from these these situations and they're faced with all these things, it's really, really hard to feel God's love to you when you feel so undeserving. And that struggle is a similar struggle I went through. You know, I was like, I don't deserve a godly home. I don't deserve these wonderful kids. You know, when you mess up, you know, you, you don't. And then that's the exact place you need to be. You need to know that you're the unfaithful spouse of the Lord, just like in Hosea. We're the Gomer. We're the church. Hosea is the type of Christ. And he sets his love on us. He redeems us. And then he also kills the fatted calf and reinstates us and making make us joint heirs. You know, we don't deserve anything but our sin and our and hell, the consequences of our sin. And we're born into that. So, you know, we're twice cursed, you know, and the Lord is that curse reverser. He's going to set that right. He's going to put that new song in our heart. He's going to make us the bride, the presented bride to and, himself. And, and so Herbie, I know you see that as well. You and your wife, I mean, what an awesome thing. Mm-hmm. That, that you guys were able to do that in, in, in joint. But I'm sure you see that same thing all the time, don't you? Oh, yeah, certainly. We see 
just the brokenness, you know, of humanity and, and certainly see vulnerable women and vulnerable families that come in all the time and, and really believe they're outside of being loved. And, right. you know, one of the most powerful things that we are able to see the Lord really speak to the hearts and minds of, of women, of families that are broken, and of the vulnerable is when we're able to look back to God's Word and tell them the truth that they were created in the image of God mm-hmm. and that they are special and loved by God. You know, so many believe they're outside of that love. Uh, they've been told their whole life that they're the problem. They've been told their whole life that that everything's broken because of their choices. Right, them. they're the burden. And, and that they, right, they're the burden. And when you can help them understand that, first and foremost, they are precious in the sight of God, knit together in their mm-hmm. mother's womb by God, and created to be an instrument of the love of God, yes, you don't you don't go away from sin and that we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory, but, but I think we have to start pouring that cold water on the dry ground of these lives that have been told that they're nothing but a failure, but to help them see that, that God's created them and made them for His glory and for His good and for His purpose. It's beautiful that when you actually know that you are a failure— and it's it's not it's not wrong to say you know that's true of me, but that's under the blood. The, the accuser of the brethren comes all the time. He says, you know, well he only does it because you bless him. No, he 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 is the one that gave his life for us. And when we say you know I can't do it because I'm this or I can't do it, well no you know all these things I am a failure. I am do I do this I do that. But if we plead the blood and we teach these women and these young people who are stuck in these situations where they're going to repeat the same problem, you know, how to, how to plead the blood, how to say, I want that applied to my account. Well, we got we to get Bill in here because the pastor, yeah, we, want to give you, we want to give you a word here at the end. <laughs> plead that blood, Bill. <laughs> oh, we do. Um, you know, the, the first step is recognizing that we're poor in spirit, that mm-hmm. uh, we are not who we're supposed to be. Uh, God loves us as we are. We are his children. He loves us, Broken. but um, he wants us to be even more. He wants us to be uh, fully devoted to him, and the only way that gets started is by recognizing our need for forgiveness and salvation. Mm-hmm. And so um, we we give ourselves to him, and uh, we say a prayer or whatever it is. I, I, I like the language of the Bible that we uh, offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to Him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we deny ourselves and take up our cross daily and follow Him. Um, and and then He can do all kinds of things with us. And, you know, the, the greatest stories, I think, come from the everyday people, like each one of us, that have stories that God has done in our lives so that we can serve Him and make more of, of His kingdom. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I couldn't Friends agree with you so again, Herbie Newell with Lifeline Christian Services and Bill Montsori, author of Let's Do It, Devotional on Steroids, Sheila Munger, Princess Cut. We are so grateful for all you guys to be with us today. As always, we're, we're grateful for you who listen because you guys make it all possible for us. And, and stay tuned because we got Encouraging Prayer coming up, followed by Masculine Journey. And uh, oh, man up with, with Nikita Koloff. So much truth coming at you on the Truth Network. This is the Truth Network.